0: It's nice to have a number one fan. <laughs> it really is. Um, good morning, Dean. Happy New Year 2024. Now, you've already confessed, Chris, that you've made some New Year's resolutions and failed. Mm, chocolate. Yeah, totally understand. How many of you others, now I don't know what to know what they are, But how many of you have made New Year resolutions? Well, that's not very many. You're pathetic, aren't you? Good for you. Well done. Okay. Uh, Well, I always start the New Year declaring that this is the year. This is the year that I am finally going to lose weight and get fit. Now, as you can see from my racing snake-like physique, Uh, This has not as always been totally successful. Uh, But this year, who knows? Who knows? I thought it might be a bit of fun to try and do a quiz to start off the new year, looking at some famous people's New Year resolutions, ones that they've made in the past or ones that they've made for this year. Hopefully, on the screen, you will see some quotes coming up And you can try and match them with the person that said them. Now, we've got one person who said they want to live more in the present and less on my phone. We've got one person who says they want to stop biting my nails, stop swearing, and relearn French. And we've got one person that said they make sure they educate themselves more on gardening because that is my new hobby. Now, Who do you think said what? What do you think Meghan Markle said? Gwen said, okay, you think Meghan Markle gardening? Does anybody else think that? Okay, who do you think about stop biting the nails? Gwen Stefani, okay, and to live more in the present and less on your phone? Courtney, you got one right. To live more in the present and less on my phone was indeed Courtney stop biting my nails was megan markle yeah and to educate herself more on gardening was gwen stefani let's have a look at the next one to love my wife to the fullest every day ah oh. to work out every day and to stop worrying so much because i worry all the time And to learn how to be happier. Now, who do you think said to love my wife to the fullest every day? A mixture? Well, it's going to be one or the other, isn't it? (laughs) Actually, it's right, it's Alfonso. He's the guy from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air who did the crazy dance. He wanted to love his wife uh, to the fullest every day. So, who do you think wants to work out every day? Britney or The Rock? You're right, it's the rock. So Brittany wants to stop worrying. Okay, let's have a look at the next one. To practice gratitude daily, to make more meatless meals in the future, and to be daring, be fun, be kind, be courageous, be dependable, and be committed to what makes your heart sore. So who wants to make more meatless meals, do you reckon? Oprah, right, okay, Practice gratitude daily. Hmm. What do we think? Jennifer Lopez. Okay, so that makes more meatless meals for Jennifer. Well, you're right about Jennifer. She wants to make more meatless meals in the new year. Oprah wants to practice practice gratitude daily. And Jennifer wants to be more daring and fun. Last one, last slide. Who wants to quit smoking, give up meat and adopt a plant-based diet to fight climate change? What do you think there, Derek? Well, why don't they just get on with that? Do you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. Fantastic. Couldn't have said it better myself. But who do you think wants to quit smoking? Right. Who do you want to give give up meat and adopt a plant-based diet? Uh Uh-huh. And that leaves climate change with Leonardo. Well, climate change is right with Leonardo. I was very surprised that good old Arnie wanted to give up meat and adopt a plant-based diet, but you didn't think so, Terry. And Adele wants to quit smoking. Now, you don't have to say, but how many of those did you actually get right yourself? Quite a few, I suspect, and some was a bit of a surprise. Did any of you get them all right? No. Many of those resolutions are very worthwhile. Some are quite self-centered, and most are about self-improvement, aren't they? But did you notice that there was one thing missing? There was one thing missing. Not one person mentioned God or embarking on their own spiritual journey. They were all, when you think about it, quite superficial, really, weren't they? None of them made a resolution to address the really important things in life. Now, the trouble with New Year resolutions is that we all start January all fired up, a bit like Chris. This is the year. This is the year that's going to be different. And then very gradually, or in some people's case, by January the 2nd, uh, our enthusiasm begins to wane And before you know it, it's December again. And generally speaking, the good intentions are all forgotten, and we're thinking about starting again the following January. Does that anybody ring a bell with anybody? Now, I did a little bit of research as to why New Year resolutions fail. Can anyone guess what one of the reasons would be? Stickability, willpower... The top six reasons why New Year's resolutions fail are one, we are not really ready to make the change. We are not really ready to make the change. Secondly, we don't believe that we can follow the resolution through. Thirdly, we make unrealistic resolutions. Fourthly, we only make them because everyone else is making them, and we think we should, and therefore we're not going to be very committed. We just didn't want to be left out. The fifth reason is we are surrounded by people who don't support us in making the resolution. Now, the example I was thinking of is if somebody wants to give up smoking, but their husband and wife still wants to smoke, and they're still in the house smoking. I mean, that's not going to be very supportive, is it? And the sixth reason is the resolution was not specific enough. It was far too vague. So this morning, I wanted us to think a little bit about how we are going to approach the new year. How we are going to approach 2024 with all its possibilities and all its challenges, all our hopes and our disappointments. And think about where we are going to focus our time and our energy in the new year. I'd like to start by reading a parable from the Bible that we can find in Luke 14, verses 16 to 24. So you can follow on the screen or in your Bible. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. In this parable, that's an earthly story, with a heavenly meaning, we learn about a rich man who was preparing a great banquet and he wanted everyone to come along. Who knows, perhaps it was a New Year's Eve party or it could have just been a wedding feast or just someone trying to do something nice for his friends and those he cared about. It doesn't really say, but it does say it was a great banquet A great banquet not just your Iceland sausage rolls and cheese sandwich type of affair it was a banquet you know the sort that you see on Downton Abbey we've just been watching the the Downton Abbey replays and they have how they're the size of not the size of houses I don't know because every night they have a huge banquet it was that type of thing it was a banquet that would have taken a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of time would have been spent in preparation And then the man would have sent out the invites via his servants. That's how they did it back then. You'd get a handwritten invite from the servant. But look at what happened. How rude were the people that he invited. How rude. How rude were the people that he thought were his friends. They gave every excuse under the sun not to attend. He must have been so hurt by the responses. One said, I bought a field and I want to go and see it. It's a field, for goodness sake. It would look the same the next day and the same as when he viewed it the first time. The second one said, I bought some ox- oxen and he said he needed to go and test drive them. Well, you do the, that before purchasing, not after, don't you? It was too late now. He'd got the oxen. He could easily have waited till the next day. And the third dude said, I've just got married. Well, perhaps his wife would have liked to have gone to a lavish party. They were all rather pathetic excuses, weren't they? And in those days, being invited to such a banquet was an honour. It was an honour. So to make excuses like this was an insult. It was an insult. And that is exactly what they were. They were excuses, excuses. They were excuses. The real truth was they didn't want to go. Perhaps the timing was a bit inconvenient for them, but I suspect the plain truth was that they didn't want to go. They didn't want to accept the invitation. But why? Why did Jesus tell us this parable? Well, he was trying to demonstrate that God has invited us, me, and you, to share in a life that is amazing, and that he has spared no expense in providing. After all, it cost him his son. God has invited us to live a life that has real peace, even amongst the difficult times in life, and to receive forgiveness for everything that we have ever, ever done wrong just by accepting his invitation. The man offering the great banquet is a picture of God giving an invitation to you and me, to us. It is an invitation to come and share, come and share in many wonderful blessings that only God can give. True peace, true comfort, and the forgiveness of past wrongs. And yet it shows something else too. That many people make the excuse not to accept the invitation. It's the wrong time. There is always something more important. Something else that takes priority. The thing about invites, though, is that they normally have a little line at the end of them, don't they? R-S-V-P. Respondez, s'il vous plaît. Did you like my French there? And it normally gives a date that you have to reply by. This makes it easier to know how many are coming along. It's easier for the catering arrangements, and somebody else can be invited if you can't come along. And in our parable, it was no different. There was a chance given to accept the invite, and then that chance was lost. And the invite was given to somebody else. Now, I know it's a sobering thought for the first Sunday in January. But God gives us an invite and he requires an RSVP. And the last date that you have to reply is the day that you die. But since none of us know when that is, you need to get your reply in now and not wait. Some years ago, I told you um, about a syndrome that some of my children used to suffer from. As they've moved out and got their own homes, they have, I believe, been cured from this syndrome, potentially. It's not a syndrome that you will find in any medical journal, however. It's called the toilet roll on the stairs syndrome. Basically, the symptoms were quite unusual and not commonplace. It was an unusual type of blindness that meant that they couldn't see the toilet rolls that had been placed on the stairs to go up into the upstairs bathroom. When the shopping would arrive and was unpacked, the toilet rolls were placed there, ready to be installed in the bathroom. I don't know whether anybody else does this, you know, put them on the stairs, that's to go up. However, these would be ignored so that despite passing them frequently as they went up and down the stairs, the toilet rolls did not get moved. Until a panicked cry from the bathroom resulted in someone having to take a supply hurriedly upstairs. And I once received a telephone call requesting a supply be handed through the half-closed door. Now, that may be amusing, but it shows something that we're all very capable Of doing. It is very easy to put off doing something until it is too late or there is a crisis. And that is how we approach some of the big questions in life. We put them off. That is what happened in this parable. Other things, other things were seemingly more important. But they were excuses, weren't they? They were excuses, really. Why do we put off the big questions? Why do we do that? Is it that we don't like change? Humans are creatures of habit, I admit. And we can be frightened of change. But, you know, that can cause us to miss out on many wonderful things that God has to offer As we start this new year, perhaps it's time to stop putting things off. Perhaps it's time to look at the things that really matter. That really matter. After all, we spend so much time on the things that don't. Some recent facts show that people spend on average 4.8 hours a day on their mobile phone. 4.8 hours every day on their mobile phone, and yet we can't be bothered to give time to the real things that matter in life. Sometimes people can get to the very end of their life and they have never stopped to think about, is there a God? Is there a God? And if there is a God, does that matter to me? And if we are Christians, and maybe we've been so for many years, Have we lost our first love? How important to us is God still? Do we put him first? Do we make excuses to do other things instead of serving him? For example, how often do you read your Bible? A recent survey looked into the biggest barriers to not reading your Bible, and people gave these reasons. Are they excuses? One, the top one, was not having enough time. Two, was lacking motivation and discipline. Third, feeling intimidated by reading it. And four, struggling to apply the Bible to everyday life. But the top one was not having enough time. But did you know that if you read the Bible for just 12 minutes every day, you could read the whole Bible in just one year? 12 minutes. That's not long, is it? And if that's too ambitious for you, if you read it for just six minutes, just six minutes every day, you could read the entire New Testament in just six months. Six minutes out of 24 hours. That's not much to ask, is it, really? So what excuses are we going to make this year? In Acts 26, we read of a conversation between the Apostle Paul and Agrippa. And Paul is telling Agrippa all about Jesus and his death and the wonderful gift that God has to offer. And in verse 28, we read Agrippa's reply to Paul, almost, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. Almost you persuade me to be a Christian. Almost. Almost almost passing an exam is not passing the exam almost crossing the finishing line is not completing the race almost choosing to put your trust in god is not putting your trust in god if you are not a christian today are you going to leave it another year to make a decision Are you going to make an excuse not to accept the amazing invitation that God has made for yet another year? Now is the time. Now is the time to address life's big questions. This year, this year is the year to finally do something about it. Now, if you're not sure, if you want to know more, Why not come along to one of the Alpha sessions? It is a great place to ask questions. No one thinks you're daft. No one thinks any question is stupid. And we are a pretty friendly, non-judgmental bunch. And we do good food. And if you are a Christian today, now is the time to ask yourself, am I putting God first? Am I putting God first in my life? Are you going to stop making excuses and start serving him? Look around you. Where does God want you to serve him? If you're not sure, ask him. Ask him. He will show you. It might be in practical ways, or it might be in a prayer group, for example. But he will have a job that he wants you to do. Now is the time to address these important questions in life. Now is the time to make New Year's resolutions that really matter. Now, I've done something a little bit different. I did it a few years ago, and I thought I'd resurrect the idea for today's service. I've got some baskets here. There's a green one here and a blue one there, and there's two baskets on the table next to the joy box. It's not a trap being next to the joy box. So it's four four boxes, and I've got a 100 verses printed out and laminated. And I would like to challenge every one of you to come up or go to the back and randomly pick a verse from the basket without looking. I've turned them all upside down, so you can just take one. And I want you to take that verse home with you. If somebody can't be here today and you know that they would like one, please can you take one for them too? And I want you to stick it on your fridge door or in your Bible or somewhere you can see it all the time, either in your car or somewhere in your home. And I want you to make that verse special to you for this year. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to pray over it and I want you to treasure it. I want you to make it your verse for 2024. In Joshua 24, verse 15, it says this, choose today whom you will serve. Choose today whom you will serve. Are you going to address, finally, some of the big questions that you have put off for so long? Are you going to reply as Joshua did and say, But as for me and my family, we serve the Lord? But as for me and my family, we serve the Lord. So, as I'd like to ask the band to come back up, I think it would be good for us to say a prayer. So, can I ask you just to close your eyes and let's say a prayer? Dear Lord, Thank you that you are a God that hears our prayers. Thank you that you invite us to come to your heavenly banquet to share in all the blessings and the forgiveness that you have to offer. I pray that you will give us a heart of courage to trust you and to move forward when there will always be excuses to stay where we are. Help us to say as Joshua did, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen.